averaging the fewest air yards per attempt. At no point were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yards per attempt. It is draft week, baby. Welcome to the best week of the year, in my opinion. It's finally here. The NFL Draft, the 2021 NFL Draft, is this coming Thursday, live from Cleveland, Ohio. I am getting on a plane this Wednesday to fly down. Some sense of normalcy back, being at the draft. Every single pick you could hear on SiriusXM, NFL Radio, Channel 88, starting 7 o'clock on Thursday, I'll be there for all seven rounds. We will have coverage of all seven rounds. It is a glorious, glorious week. But I put the disclaimer out there right now. Beware of false information. Not on this podcast, of course. Clearly not. But we have four days to sift through the bullshit. Sift through, this team has their eye on this person. This team has their eye on this. This is going to happen four more days. Four more days to cut through the lies and to see who the Las Vegas Raiders select in the 2021 NFL draft. It really is, you know, I started by saying my favorite week of the year. Obviously, we're we're not going to compare it to games and stuff like that. But going back, even when I was younger, I absolutely adored the NFL draft. It's, you know, hope springs eternal. Everybody's got a chance. Drafting guys, I mean, the ups, the downs, the Darius Hayward Bays, the Robert Galleries, everything you could imagine this team over the years, but it's not taken the joy out of the NFL draft. I love the event. I love everything about it. It's just one of the things that I always sat on my couch or listened to or wanted to be a part of. It was just one of those things that I marked on the calendar that I couldn't wait for every single year. I'm so glad to be able to go back. This year in person to see the smiling faces of the prospects after they're drafted and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be great. Coverage on NFL radio is going to be great. Coverage everywhere is going to be great. Everybody should be super excited about draft week. And it's finally here. Thank God. Now, I don't want to start. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a really, really happy week. And it's really want, want to get down to, to brass tacks here. But sad day today for Raider Nation. Rest in peace to Mike Davis the longtime DB for the Raiders of Red Right 88 fame passed away today. So condolences to his family. You know, we replayed uh, that game actually this past off season in its entirety. And it was great to hear plays from Mike and, you know, plays from that era going on. And that was one of the signature moments in Raider history. So Red Right 88, rest in peace, Mike Davis. It was funny, you know, that, that game itself being so cold, being in the elements and Cleveland, the wind whipping off the ocean, Mike Davis had hands of stone, and he comes up with the big interception. One of the, again, one of the best plays in Raider history. So rest in peace to Mike Davis, losing another legend. It seems to be happening more often than not. So condolences to his family. Let's move on to, to topic number two. And kind of surprising, but kind of not surprising on the other hand, was the release, well, the waving of Arden Key and Mo Hurst. Arden Key, I get. Arden Key never materialized. It was funny. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, 
And if you looked at mock drafts, and you know we all love mock drafts, but if you looked at mock drafts from years back, there were mock drafts that had Arden Key before his last season at LSU. Had Arden Key going top 15, top 10. I saw a mock draft. I swear to you, God, I'm not lying. I will find it one of these days. That had Arden Key going number one in the draft. So obviously the talent was always there for Arden Key. It just never materialized for him. And it's, you know, it's something that we'll get into later with these players that have this immense talent and they can't put it together for some reason, whether it's coaching, whether it's, you know, hard work or whatnot. And I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here, I'm not in the meeting rooms. I don't know what Arden Key was like in the meeting rooms. He was always there. He, was, he always showed up. It was just so frustrating to see him speed off the edge and show that bend and a dip that he had and not be able to get to the quarterback. It was incredibly frustrating. And I just think John Gruden had enough. Now, having said that, I did tweet that I fully expect to have Arden Key have at least five to six sacks next year somewhere else. He signed with the – him and Mohos both, both signed with the 49ers. So maybe that breathes a little life into them. Maybe, you know, it's a different coach, a different scheme. Maybe he plays, you know, in a 3-4 outside linebacker type. So I was excited about Arden Key potential. It just never materialized. But, again, that's another avenue of the NFL draft that you just like – potential gets you fired, man. Potential gets these GMs and coaches fired because you see a guy and you see what he think he could become. And if he doesn't become it, you know, you got to go your separate ways. Mohurst kind of hurt a little bit because I was a big Mohurst fan. I was of the thinking that the Raiders probably should have taken Mohurst. I, I, I even said it, that Mohurst could have been taken with their first round pick that year. I was, that's how high I was on Mohurst. And then the hard stuff came out and he started dropping, blah, blah, blah. So to get him in the fourth round, I was ecstatic. I was like, wow, this is great. This is a guy, again, with a, a, a lot of talent and exactly what this team needs. And Mohurst was a good player for the Raiders. Don't get me wrong. No knock on him. I just think he's, he got lost in the shuffle of the incoming defensive linemen. And I think Gruden just had enough of everybody, basically everybody on that, that defensive line. Sands, you know, Max and, and, and Clee, because he obviously can't get rid of those guys yet. And, you know, we'll still wait and see. But I just think he's had enough with the lack of production his first couple of years here with the Raiders and just kind of wanted to get a fresh start. And maybe Gus Bradley came in. Maybe Gus Bradley came in and said, these are guys that, I, you know, I, I don't think we could win with. So I just think it might be a combination of both. I wish them both well. I wasn't surprised about Arden Key. I was surprised a little about a little bit about, excuse me, about Mo Hurst. I wouldn't shock me at all if both of them do well for the 49ers next year. Okay, now let's talk about the general state of the NFL draft because it is, I would say, every draft is unique, but this is probably going to be another unique season. Quarterbacks drive every single draft, and this is no different. There was just a report right now from Ian Rappaport saying that the 49ers are circling in on Mac Jones and or Trey Lance, not or. I don't know why I said that, but Mac Jones and Trey Lance with the third pick in the draft, not Justin Fields. So quarterbacks have a chance to go one, definitely one, definitely two, definitely three, and maybe four or five. Maybe the Falcons take Justin Fields at number four as Matt Ryan's heir apparent. That'd make a lot of sense. So there's a lot of intrigue with the draft when it comes to quarterbacks and pushing the better players down the board a little bit. But to me, the storyline of the NFL draft is the uncertainty with certain players for a couple of reasons. Number one, uncertainty with players for the medical aspect of it. 
This would scare the crap out of me as if I was an evaluator. And we've had evaluators on NFL radio talking about it quite a bit. This would scare me because you don't have a full, first of all, you can't meet with the, with the, with the prospect face-to-face, number one. And you're not getting a full, full clarity on their medical history. Maybe they didn't get scheduled to go down to Indianapolis to do that medical combine. You're not getting the same things that you do on a normal year. So that would scare the hell out of me. If it's a player that has an injury risk or, or there's something there, then I'm not getting the full report on his health. And if I'm going to spend a first or second round pick on this guy, I want to know he's going to come in and be completely healthy. Number two is the opt-outs. There was a report by Vic Tafer saying that Gruden didn't want anything to do with guys opting out. I could totally see that. That's easy enough to see. But you have players that sat out an entire college football season, and they did it for their maybe best interests. You know, we had Greg Rousseau on NFL radio. His mom was a COVID nurse. She didn't want him playing. Fine. And it probably had to do with his draft stock. People did it for different reasons. I don't think every opt-out is the same exact thing. It's not, you know, a guy just gave up on his teammates and sat out because he, he knew he was going to have a pro career or his family stuff like Rousseau. So I don't think, you know, you could lump them together and say everyone that opted out in 2020 doesn't love football, doesn't love their teammates. I don't think that's fair. But that throws another monkey wrench in there. You, you lose a whole year of these guys on film. Think about the 49ers. The 49ers, they take Trey Lance with the third pick in the draft. They're taking Trey Lance with basically – 11 games of college film to look at, just like the Bears did with Mitch Trubisky. And, man, you're putting your eggs into a big basket with these guys. I, I, I'll say Russo again. Same thing with Russo. He doesn't have a lot of game experience, game tape that you can go and say, look, look. he does in some aspects, and you could say, oh, this guy, wow, really good. But then there's other times you say, hey, he, he hasn't played enough for me to set my, my eyes on him as our guy. So I think there's a lot of uncertainty. And what the point of this is, I, I could see a lot of teams wanting to get the heck out, wanting to trade down, thinking they can get guys or just maybe accumulate picks next year or something like that. I could see teams, not if you're a team needy of quarterback, obviously you're going to try to move up to get your guy if you're not sitting in the top three. But I could see teams trying to move back, move back, get picks, move back, move back, move back, target their player. So I, I, I'm assuming, and maybe it's the same as in years past, but I, could, I just I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of trade downs and we're going to see a lot of teams looking at 2022 and saying, well, let's accumulate picks for next year, maybe a, a one, move down a couple spots, still get a good player, and, you know, move on from there. So draft, state of the draft, quarterbacks go early. I think someone's going to get nuts. I can expect a Broncos or, or someone like that trading up. I can see someone trading up for a tackle. That, too. And we'll get to the Raiders in a minute. But every draft's awesome. We sit here and, and on Sunday Sunday night talking draft. It's three days away. I expect a lot of trade downs, a lot of fireworks. There could be none. But that's what makes the draft so great because you're, you, don't, you don't know. There's, there's always that unexpected moment that's like, oh, where did that come from? Which makes the draft amazing. So... That's what I fully expect from the draft. Now, let's get to the Raiders and this year's draft. And I put together my dream draft. And when I say dream, this is what I would like. If I had to write it down, if I had to make the picks, and these players, th- these are the guys that I would target, and I'll give you the reasons why. This, so this is basically a home run draft in my eyes if these players – 
were selected at the spots for the for the Las Vegas Raiders. So let's it's let's have some fun. We do hypothetical. I'm not gonna factor in any trade downs or anything like that because that's just too hard to kind of say right now and try to try to walk through a mock draft with all these kind of trade downs. Let's just say the Raiders stay pat at 17, 48, 79, 80, 121, 162, 67, and 200. So for podcast sake, they stay in those spots and here we go. These are the picks. With the 17th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Micah Parsons, Penn State linebacker. <sighs> now, full disclosure, I don't think Mike is going to be there. I, I know there's been reports about some off-the-field stuff and some immaturity issues and blah, 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 blah. I think a team will see what I see when I see this guy and is an elite playmaker you get a little bit of the vibes of isaiah simmons last year where you gonna where could you play him but i think parsons gives you more when it when it comes to rushing the quarterback could be an edge guy could be that linebacker and i just think he is the, an elite player and if he's there at 17 as long as you do the due diligence on him and are comfortable with the off the field concerns he's there at 17 you run up i don't want to, i'm taking any of the, the a lot of time you run up and put that card in i don't care that Corey littleton's here that nick Kwiatkowski's here and that you resign nicholas morrow so what you draft michael parsons and you find a place for him to play on the field whether that's his hand in the dirt whether that's a linebacker whether that's anywhere on the field put this guy on the field he's a difference maker he's a guy that you could put in right away and say Who's a difference maker on your football team on defense? Mike is. So I don't expect him to be there, but if he's there in my dream scenario here, he's the pick at 17. Who else do I want at 17 if Parsons is not there? And you're going you're gonna to sense a little bit of a trend here, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I am infatuated with two players that are first-round talent guys. Another Penn State player, Jason Owe. Owe is not a big sack production guy, but is a physical freak that if you put the mold together, I know we're going to sit, sit here and say, well, that's Art and Key, blah, 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 blah. If you put the mold together, this, could, this guy could be a 15-sack elite pass rusher at the next level. And the same guy, another guy, who's also same age, Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. These two guys, you put them with the right coaches in the right system. These are double-digit sack guys. And I don't mind picking either at 17, to be honest, because let's, let's mold them up here. Let's put them with this, this young defensive line now with Gus Bradley. Let's coach them up, and let's get them after the quarterback. I'll throw Quiddy Pay in there. So as you see here, defense, defense defense at 17 we're gonna get an offensive lineman everybody calm down nobody freak out we're gonna get an offensive lineman in a little bit defense defense is still a problem for this football team as we sit here on april 25th at 10 o'clock at night i am not comfortable with what they're rolling with right now heading into the 2021 season so in my dream scenario here micah parsons is a las vegas raider Okay, great. Now, we move to pick 48. Two players on my mind here. 
I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but I'm going to put two players in this boat. They're both safeties. Richie Grant out of UCF, Trayvon Mulrick. Both of these players, one of them, you get them at 48, you're sitting pretty. Richie Grant, the more of a center fielder, he's got all the interceptions, he's got the ball hawk. I, I kind of love that, to be honest. It's the kind of safety that this team has been lacking since Woodson left. I kind of like his style of game. Morig is more of a complete safety, but could play free. Put him right next to, to Jonathan Abram, and they're both, they, they both are instant starters right away at free safety. You get Parsons at 17, you get one of these safeties at 48, you're, start, you're cooking with gas. And you immediately help that side of the ball. Linebacker, who is the best player on the board at that point, then you come back and you get a free safety because you're not rolling out Jeff Heath at free safety. You're not rolling out Carl Joseph. One of these guys is, is, is the pick at 48 and an instant starter day one. All right, now everybody could breathe a little bit easier. We come back, it's pick 79. Walker Little, tackle from Stanford. Another opt-out guy, so we have that concern. But he is a great pass blocker. And I just don't feel like, and you guys tell me, tweet at me, whatever you want to do to, to correspond with me, I don't feel as bad about this offensive line as, more, as, as people do. That's why I'm not taking an alignment at pick 17. Give me alignment right here at 79. Maybe you get walk a little at 79. You could probably step in right away and play right tackle and start. Pass blocking for sure would have to work on the run game. But you still have veterans out there. Mitchell Schwartz. Well, I don't want to say that too loud. Jeff Schwartz might hear it and get really mad. But Mitchell Schwartz is out there. Eric Fisher's out there. Rick Wagner's out there. There are guys out there that could be had as veteran right tackles. So if you get a Walker Little at 79 and are not comfortable with him starting right away, you sign one of these guys and you put him at right tackle. You have Colton. You have Richie. You have James or Nick Martin. You have Good. And you have a veteran. And I don't feel as bad as, as some people. You don't need to pick a lineman at 17. It's crazy to me. Yeah, if Penny Sewell falls at 17, yeah, uh, of course. You're picking Penny Sewell at 17. If, if Slater's there at 17, yeah, you're probably taking him at 17 because they're one of the, the best players on the board. But you need, this team still needs elite defenders. You can't pass up elite defenders to take a right tackle at 17. It's, it's crazy talk to me. Crazy. So you get the war daddy at 17. You get your starting safety at 48. You come back and take the right tackle of the future at 79. And at number 80, right after, it's probably going to be my favorite pick of the draft. Milton Williams. Familiarize yourself with this player. Defensive lineman from Louisiana Tech. This guy is a big-ass dude who can run, who had double-digit sacks last year. He's an interior disruptor. He's a cool dude. We just had him on last week. He is a funny guy, you know, great family. He could be a disruptor. You put him in this defensive line rotation, I'm telling you right now, it could be a steal. This guy could be a steal of the draft. I know he played, at again, Louisiana Tech. He's not playing, you know, for LSU. I get it. But he is an interior defender that rushes the quarterback, what we need. You get Parsons coming off an edge to play an edge. You get this guy in the middle. You solve, so you're solving a lot of needs here. I know they signed a lot of 
free agents on a defensive line. But let's be honest here, folks. If Solomon Thomas is starting week one is our, is our, you know, on our defensive line, we probably have some issues. And I'm rooting for Solomon. I hope he resurrects his career. I hope he's great. I hope he fucking kicks ass. But if he's starting, we have big issues. Let's, let's introduce another guy to that pool. I love Milton Williams. Love him. Okay. Now we go back to the offensive side of the ball. At pick 121, and I, I don't... He probably won't last this long, but let's go because he's got a badass name. Amon Ra St. Brown, wide receiver, USC. This guy had production at USC. If you amplify his stats from last year, he would have had a monster season in the Pac-12. I think this guy's got playmaking ability. He's got good size. Comes from amazing bloodlines. His dad was freaking Mr. Universe, for Christ's sakes. Take a guy like this, throw him into that wide receiver room. Now you have Ruggs, you have Edwards, you have Renfro. You, let's go. You know Gruden's going to throw uh, – you guys, you guys know. You listen to this podcast, you know. You know Gruden's going to throw his, hey, I got to have me a, a, an offensive weapon. He did it last year with, with, with Edwards. He'll probably do it again with Brown. So Amon Ra, St. Brown, what a terrific name. Pick 121 for the Las Vegas Raiders. Then we come to pick 162. You want to throw the wrench into the, into the equation here? You want to hit the brakes on the draft? You want to get the people going? I pick 162 with the 162nd pick in the 2021 NFL draft. The Las Vegas Raiders select quarterback Ian Book, Notre Dame. Why not? Why not? The winningest quarterback in the history of Notre Dame says a lot. Guy's tough, mobile in the pocket, can move around a little bit, can learn under Derek Carr, whether he ever takes Derek Carr's job or not, who knows. Say long to, you know, Mariota's going to probably be on his way out after next year for sure. Get a future backup quarterback here. Get a guy you could develop. Get a guy, everybody says John Gruden loves quarterbacks, let's get him a guy, let's get him a new toy. Ian Book, put him on the football team, backing up Derek Carr, pick 162. Then we get late. We're not going to get too nutty here. Let's come back for all you offensive line freaks. we got to short up. Let's go pick 167, Deontay Brown, the massive guard from Alabama. Had some injury history, had some off-the-field stuff as well. Coach Paul Alexander that comes on with us doesn't love him as a player, but at pick 167, you're coming from that elite program in Alabama, throw him into the mix at guard, hope he catch lightning in the bottle. And then you come back and pick 200, Round it out. Let's just throw a cornerback in there. Let's go DJ Daniel, cornerback, Georgia. Get some depth at cornerback. He's got good size, almost 6'2". Played at Georgia, played some lead talent. Good matchup guy. So, on paper, to me, as I'm looking at it right now, Micah Parsons at 17. Let's go for argument's sake. Richie Grant at 48. Walker Little, 79. Milton Williams, 80. Amon Ross St. Brown, 121. Ian Book, 162. Deontay Brown, 167. DJ Daniel. You're getting at least, at least two immediate starters on this football team. At least. 
Who knows if Little can go right in there and start day one. You're getting depth at receiver, guy with some playmaking ability, you're getting another guy to insert on a defensive line. To me, this is the type of draft this team needs to have. I understand the offensive line at 17, but this team needs guys on the defensive side of the ball still, still get the best player on the board on defense at 17. Michael Parsons, Owe, Ojolari, Christian Barmore. Look, the production was there late in the season. He looked like a man amongst boys last year at Alabama. It's a crappy defensive tackle class. So if you want to tell me Barmore at 17, uh, I could be with that too. I really can. But for, for this purposes... Let's say this is the way it shakes out. This is a home run draft on paper for John Gruden. Home run. You address the offensive line. You address defense. Defense, defense, defense. And then we go from there. So it's a little fun exercise. Obviously, anything could happen 17. We're going to have people, <sighs> Raiders, to, Justin Fields is going to slip, and John Gruden's going to draft him at 17, blah, 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 blah. Again, what makes the draft amazing? But saying, having said that, there's still some talented free agents out there, folks. I know the Raiders are talking to, well, we're talking to Richard Sherman. That's still on the table. Whether he wants more money, he wants different options. I understand why these veterans are sitting out. Let's see how the draft plays out, and then we'll sign somewhere. But as we sit here, again, four days away from the NFL draft, Free safety has to be addressed. Yes, there's a Trey Boston out there. Yes, Malik Hooker's still out there. I get it. But there's two guys in this draft, and Morig and Grant, that if you secure one of them, I'd feel a hell of a lot better about this football team in the back end than I do right now. So what about the trade-up, trade-down scenario? So I came on this podcast last time and said... I don't think they're making that pick at 17. So I just did that whole exercise there. Micah Parsons at 17. That's all well and good. I don't think they're going to be picking at 17. I still don't. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they're going to trade up and and go after a guy hard, get a guy, take those two third-round picks and move on up. Maybe to the Cowboys at 10, maybe somewhere there. Or they're going to trade down. Trade down to the 20s, maybe get a pick in 2022 something like that, or an extra second, or do something like that. I just don't think. I have this feeling they're not going to be there at 17. So who would I move up for? I'd probably move up for Parsons. I'm not going into the top 10 for him, but i move up a couple spots for him. There's a couple other guys. I, I mentioned it before, Penay Sewell. He starts slipping, and I, I can't understand how he would. You move up for a guy like Panay Sewell, someone like that. But I just don't see, unless Gruden gets nutty and wants to move up into the top 10 for somebody, for you know a difference maker on, on defensive side of the ball, all well and good. I just don't see it happen. I think the more likely scenario is moving down from 17, going into the 20s, maybe pick up a, an extra second-round pick. If you do that, hey, Maybe you still get a quitty pay or an Ojolari, an OA at 22, 23, 24. 
Then you get two second-round picks. You can come back and grab your safety and grab an offensive lineman. Now, it's, it's also a good scenario. Gives you a lot of flexibility. But I'll make this proclamation again. I, I said it on the podcast last time. I don't think they're going to be there at 17. I really, really, really don't. So, it's a lot of fun, folks. Enjoy the week. Don't listen to the BS. Sit there on Thursday night, eating your popcorn. What's the worst they could do? Oh, my God. Did I really just say that out loud? They're going to take, like, (laughs) a kicker or something like that now at 17? No. I mean, we've been let down many times before from the draft. Everybody loves getting on Gruden's ass, the Raiders' ass, for bad draft picks. Pick the best. I'm I'm trying to bang my table. I don't want to knock my wine over. Pick the best defense. If you do stay at 17, even if you trade down a little bit, pick the best defensive player on the board. Pick the best defensive player on the board. Say it with me. Say it with conviction. Say it with your chest. Pick the best defensive player at 17. And the rest go from there. Eddie Borsilli here. Have a great night, everybody. Enjoy the draft. We'll come back after the draft. Maybe I'll do one at the draft in Cleveland after night one. Maybe I will. But we'll see you after the draft. Enjoy it, everybody. Have a great night.